0: I do not think it's possible to have a feminist future if we are going to still have a capitalist future. I think it's absolutely impossible to have a feminist future that doesn't involve us eating the rich and taking all their money and redistributing it.
1: literally sex workers paid for it. me getting to school my school uniform my books like I have a PhD now K- kids who go into foster care aren't supposed to get PhDs that's the reason why I have that and the fact that uh, sex worker exclusionary feminism would rather see me the way other kids that were in foster care rather than surviving and thriving when I look at the future of feminism like that cannot be part of it that cannot be part of it at all so the feminism that I really interested in and that is really powerful to me is the kind of feminism that makes me feel like A, I have a place in it and B, that I can be powerful and strong.
2: We are not victim, although we know that we suffer form a lot of this kind of the violence uh, from the feminism uh, mainstream that also works with the racism and also classism and also capitalism but we are now to fight back this battle is still a long way to go and if someone who are here feel like oppressed uh, some kind of like a in suffering uh, situation i just want to tell them that this is now the relation to empower ourselves and to unite together to fight for a real equality, for a better world that all the oppressed people can live together without fear of being ourselves. <laughs>
0: Yeah, after Decrim, we're going to unionise and take the power back into the hands of the workers, make it so we are able to assert our boundaries because we don't have the threats of losing our jobs hanging over us when we speak up about things. And we really are looking for a sex worker-led infrastructure. I don't think after Decrim, I, as a brothel worker, I'm not advocating for more brothels that are run by third parties who are coming in, taking 50% of my money. And I'm not here for that, I'm here for workers' collectives. I'm here for workers providing services by and for the community. I'm here for us being able to make art and talk about our jobs and have our own narratives because it will be safe for us to actually talk.
3: Let's abolish poverty and improve healthcare, not the other way around. And let's improve education and make it accessible to everyone. These are tangible aims and aims that people can understand. Yeah, I think that it should be part of our, our politics to aim at that at the same time as talking about a different kind of justice as well. What do we think about justice? How can we, how can we, um, if we talk about not having police, then what do we have in, in its place? And I think we don't have a very clear idea of necessarily how that could be brokered. We need to definitely be having that conversation and thinking about how we would, as individuals and as groups, could build a movement that supports that. Also part of the politics of standing in solidarity with other marginalized groups, with uh, trans people, with sex workers, is also knowing like, just when to shut the fuck up. Like, I think the politics of allyship really do, because of the way they're configured, end up centering those who are more privileged structurally when I was reading uh, your book Juno both you and Molly were talking about the fact that sex workers are spoken about you know so much by people who are not sex workers or people who have exited the sex trade and It means that sex workers' voices, narratives, experiences, analysis are not centered when we speak about sex work. So I think just knowing when your voice is needed and then just knowing that actually I'm gonna direct whoever it is to these resources because people can, you know, talk about their own experiences themselves. People have voices, you know? So I think I do struggle with this idea of, you know, people being voiceless or not able to articulate it. People are articulating their experiences at all times. It's on us to listen and prioritize those
2: aware about uh, that the condition that we are in right now it's not something so grateful as especially when we are in a nation state where many people die because of the border they cross the border. They die. They sacrifice their lives. They sacrifice everything just to have a better life, just to have a better quality of life. And this is a real, real fight that we need to like uh, to carry on. We should not abandon it and make all community LGBT, sex worker, queer people to acknowledge this problem that we should not abandon some of our friends, sister, brother or any kind of people who are left behind right now because of this ideology.
4: The role of technology for me is something that I think about a lot. I think about the need to create kind of digital feminisms or digitally like literate feminisms that enable us to kind of pervert and subvert surveillance and enable us to think, to find methods and ways of organizing transnationally. Because I also think that's really important, like linking up our movements. And I think that we see what happens when we don't link up our movements or we don't think globally we get Extinction Rebellion. We get, you know, movements that are well-intentioned but not very uh, well thought out or movements that aren't attentive to histories of colonialism um, and how that's shaped the role of uh, climate disaster and climate chaos. But I also think in trying to avoid, in thinking in the future, disaster thinking, I think it's really important for lots of people to understand in regards to like climate chaos. The idea that the world could end in apocalypse, the world is apocalyptic for people right now, like the climate movement or the mainstream climate movement has been able to attract a large uh, white middle class audience right because these people have never been attended to violence before or they've never really experienced it or they've never lived through it and so I think that realizing that we're living through apocalypse always it, in, in some way enables us to to not catastrophize about the future yeah we'll be okay I think <laughs>
1: We're at a point now in terms of the level of exploitation of working class people is absolutely phenomenal. We're going back in time, like, to before the labour movements were even started, that's kind of where we're at now, where people are on zero-hour contracts, is is directly linked to the way in which people, when they worked on the docks, would turn up and put their hand up for a day's work and get told no, no work for you today. That's what zero-hour contracts are. I guess what I worry about in terms of the threat is like the lack of working-class organising that we are doing at the left.
2: My ideal uh, feminist thing is like anarchy society. For me, I think that anarchy society is not about yourself. It's not just about individual, but it's about how to link, how to make a kind of like uh, the main point of the bridge between your pleasure and the society. How can you make other people be happy? In their own way, without colonizing them, without making them have the same pleasure as you, you respect your pleasure, you respect your joy, your body. You can do whatever with your body and accept the others. So we have to respect it, and it's the greatest joy. It's like uh, the song of Whitney Houston, "Learning to Love Yourself," which is the greatest love of all, and then transform it into the collectivity. Yeah.